Welcome to Show Me Something Wrong. Where each episode, one of us chooses a movie to watch that the other hasn't seen. The movie is often obscure, usually odd, and always wrong. I'm Dave. And I am Guy, and I've chosen the movie today. It is... Nighty Night Mayonaka no Akumu from 1986. So I jumped in there with uh, both an English and a Japanese title. Um, so yeah, this is a film from Japan. It's only ever been released in Japan, but the official title has both an English and Japanese title attached. So it starts off Nighty Night, and then Mayonaka no Akumu, which roughly translates to, well, Mayonaka is Midnight, Akumu is Nightmare, and so there's a kind of translated title floating around now uh, which it is known as and which is uh nighty night midnight nightmares which night is a night. lot of nights <laughs> nightmares yeah. kind of good though it's a lot of nights that's four nights in one small title is there any colon in this title or is it just flat out a sentence <laughs> there is no colon i mean essentially it's like nighty night and then the subtitle if you will mm. is uh mayonaka no akumu but the, it's uh, part of the title. But it's part of the title, yeah. yes. <laughs> so this film um, is its a film that's been on my radar for a few years now. And the reason I know about it is because somebody messaged me a few years back, someone on my uh, Facebook friend group, and asked if I could track them down a copy. Mm. And this is not an irregular occurrence. People ask me quite quite a lot. I'm looking for this film, can you find it? And more often than not, I'll do a little search, use those Japanese skills that I've been working on, and something will pop up, you know. I'll either be able to find it online to stream or to, mm. you know, pay for a whatever, like a, a streaming thing, or I'll find an old tape or whatever. This, however, mm. brought up nothing. Right, right. Uh, there was some evidence of a video, like a VHS tape that occasionally sold here and there on Yahoo auctions, but these like occurrences were extremely far and few in between. And there was seemingly no way to watch this film by this, apart from this extremely rare VHS. And so for the longest time, this film was kind of considered a lost movie. Hmm. Until... Last week. Right, yeah. Last week. So this is a very timely episode. Last week, a uh, a YouTuber, maybe not primarily a YouTuber, but someone with a YouTube account uh, by the name of L. Siley. I'm not going to... How do you spell it? L. Yeah. <laughs> space. S space? A space. There's an okay. L, then a space. Yeah. That S-A-I-L-L-E. How would you say that? I don't want to attempt it. So, <laughs> this lovely fella, Ollie. or felleress. Felleress? <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, whoever um, who uploaded this uh, movie onto YouTube also uploaded it with English subtitles. Lovely. So, not only is this film finally available for us all to watch and enjoy for free, it's available in English with English subtitles. So, what, very what, kind. what more can you want? What a kind soul. El Sali. El Sali? Feller or Felleress. Love him. Love him. So, um, 
I mean, this film has zero information about it online. Right. However, I was able to do quite a fair bit of digging and found out a lot more than I was expecting to. Okay. So I'm going to sprinkle this episode throughout little uh, tidbits that I found along my uh, my searches. But yeah, we're essentially just um, going through this previously lost movie from Japan from 1986. So with that, this, Dave is probably not going to surprise you by saying this, student film. Okay, that makes a lot of sense, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It's a student film, entirely independent, shot on Mm. Mm 8mm. And that's why it looked so bad. (laughs) Yes. On the back of the VHS, it's an 8mm movie. However, the version we watched apparently has not come directly from the VHS and mm-hmm. has in fact come from a DVD-R that had been previously making the rounds around like these like underground bootleg websites okay. from what I've read. Mm-hmm. So the actual VHS tape that was released would have slightly better picture than the one we watched. Yeah, it's it's not great picture quality so it's already that's, that's shot not, that's pretty uh, yeah. that's an <laughs> understatement yeah. it's already shot on yeah like eight millimeters so it doesn't have a, a lot of detail in there already mm. then clearly quite a shitty vhs as well because it drops out quite oh, a yeah. few times plus it's then being smashed onto a dvdr then ripped onto youtube yeah it's there's a few layers of shit mm. for this it's kind of fun to watch things like that i love it I love it, it reminds <laughs> me of like yeah the old days of like buying last house on dead end street mm. on a bootleg video it was barely watchable mm. but kind of adds to the creepiness to it there's, a, there's a romanticism around it you know <laughs> yeah and also just like with it being so hazy you can, can kind of fill in the the details mm. as well and yeah, it hides maybe some of the crappier things about yeah, yeah. these sort of films. <laughs> but it does totally remind me of, um, I may have mentioned it before on the podcast, I got a lot of stuff from the old like IMDb forums. I used to do like, DVD-R trades on the IMDb forums back when they were a thing. Mm. God rest their soul. Why did they get rid of those? I don't know. So dumb. Um they and were it, kind of toxic, to be fair. Oh, I, love, I <laughs> yeah. found so many great movies through those yeah. IMDb forums. And this kind of took me back to that era where mm. I would watch something which I would have no information or knowledge on what it was and uh, think, like, what the fuck is this? Where has it come from? Why does it look so goddamn awful? Mm. Uh, but here we are. <laughs> 99. So, <laughs> so this was written, directed, and filmed by Hirohisa Kukosho is the director. Apparently, it took a year and a half to make. And even though it was a student film, they did actually have a pretty nice-sized car- like crew. Mm. Yeah, it's it's not like... Yeah, there's aspects of this that are amateurish, mm. especially the first part of the film, which we'll get into. But, like, as it goes on, there's some pretty fucking great mm. stuff in this. Mm. And, yeah, it it doesn't look awful. This probably. I mean, about... it looks awful because of the quality of the the rip and stuff. Yeah. But like as a production, it, it's pretty decent. It had about four times the amount of people as my film, The Sound of Summer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah seriously. <laughs> so I was looking through the. Um, I'll tell you where I got this information in a minute. But I was looking through this the cast and crew, and I was like, wow, for like an independent, entirely independent student movie, mm. this has quite a big crew. And to put that into perspective, there were. 
10 assistant directors on this movie. What the fuck? Why so many? I don't know. (laughs) So, um, in the summer of uh, 1986, this film was released. But before it was released, it was featured in the magazine V-Zone. Are you familiar with V-Zone? No. So, V-Zone was Japan's first horror magazine. Mm. It's kind of like Japan's answer to Fangoria. Right. And they did a whole piece on this film that had yet to come out. And anyway, V-Zone, it launched in um, in the 80s. It had always had a big section of uh, special effects and horror. And it was kind of where a lot of the attention this film gathered from. Not only that, also before it was released, it featured on a TV program that we've mentioned once before. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Are we going back to Miracle? Yes, Bunny? yes. Oh, uh, what, what's that show called? Nine... Eleven. Eleven... 11 11 I can't remember <laughs> 11 p.m. 11 p.m. That's <laughs> yes, right. Yeah. So you know, in this apartment I've got a tray mm. that is like an 11 p.m. bit of merchandise. Really? Yeah. Wow. I I'll, bet, sh- I'll show it to yeah. you after this. Yeah. I bet a lot of people would like to get their hands on that because it seems like it's kind of 11 p.m. is embedded in such like like mm. fanatic subculture. Right. That right. I can imagine there would be quite a um uh, what, yeah. a collector base for that? Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Interesting. Um, so, yeah, this was featured in both V-Zone and on 11pm, so there was already a lot of attention um, gathered toward this movie before its release. And because it was, like, showcased earlier on before its release, it actually managed to get a cinema run, this movie. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. And even though it was only a three-day screening, it only played for three days... But for that screening, they made the uh, classic Chirashi flyer, mm. which is where I got a lot of the information for uh, this episode. Okay, okay. Mm. But fun little fact, this movie played in Ikebukuro, Bungeza. Oh, where my film's Yeah, played. where Katsik played. Yeah. It, was that the second place Katsik screened, or was that the first? Do you, do you mean, was the, that the, the big, first one? The first one, the big one, one. Oh, okay, the yeah, all-night yeah, fest? Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. sure, sure. That's a cool cinema. It is. So this film did a three-day run in that cinema in Ikebukuro. Apparently, the theater was like completely full, and it was met with a really positive reaction. That's cool. Yeah. And I also got wind from someone who I follow on Twitter after posting about it. This person also saw this movie at a different place, said it was in like this weird office building, and the uh, actresses were also there, like, as guests and kind of introduced the movie. So it, it kind of, it seemed to play in various spots around Tokyo in kind of, like, almost pop-up, short-spanned uh, events, which I just thought was pretty cool, considering it's a student movie. Yeah. Can you yeah, imagine yeah. having, like, being a student in the 80s, like, making a movie with <laughs> your friends and having it playing in this awesome theater? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm. Um so, going on to the cast, um, not that this would surprise you, they didn't have any acting experience for the most part. Some of them had some theatre work experience, but pretty much they're all just like first-time directors, first-time actors, actresses, um, all just going out, trying to make a movie in their free time, hmm. is this story. And I got a few like other tidbits I will like sprinkle throughout this movie, but let's just get into it. All right. So, it starts with a lady coming into a dark room, speaking to her child, who is essentially the camera's point of view, 
the child can't sleep and the mum is saying, I'll read you a bedtime story. Now, to paint the picture, this is an extremely dark room lit only by a small, like, table lamp. And we never see the child. The camera never moves. It's literally just the mum speaking directly to the camera. We occasionally see some shots of the child's toys dotted around the room. Some ceramic pandas. All kids love ceramic ceramic pandas. (laughs) They cut to them... They cut to them later in the film as mm, well. Yeah. yeah. And a Snoopy as well. Oh, yeah. Always enjoy seeing a bit of, like, you know, copyright breaking in, in what, what was that Hong Kong film with the uh, Garfield? Uh, yeah, yeah. Was that <laughs> Don't Stop My Crazy Life? I think it was, yeah. Yeah, it shows <laughs> Garfield. But yeah, here we've got a little Snoopy on, on screen. Yes. Not the only um, copyrighted uh, character that we'll see in this movie. Oh, really? I can't remember. Oh, Um, yeah, you'll get there. Oh, we'll we'll, we'll see. (laughs) So the mum, she's like, oh, you can't sleep. I'll read you a a bedtime story. She reads her uh, Little Red Riding Hood and goes into extremely graphic details. It it starts out like a normal Mm. version of it. And Mm. then it just gets like, yeah, it gets very vicious at the end once mm. the, the murder of the wolf takes place. Yes. Gets into, like, the wolf getting cut into bits and, yeah. But honestly, before that, uh, I, I while I did enjoy this film, the first 20 minutes of this are fucking rough. They were hard to get through. And this is quite hard to get through as well because it's literally... You're just fucking listening mm. to a woman reading a children's story that you know very yeah. well. And it's just basically that one shot with a few fucking ceramic pandas thrown <laughs> in in between. And I'm like, come on, come on, come on, hurry up. Hurry up. We know fucking little bit right in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, I, I totally understand. <laughs> there, there are times in this film where, I mean, the, it, the pacing is pretty bad throughout this movie. It kind of slugs throughout. Yeah. But when it's good, it's great. But there are a lot of times where you just think like, come on, hurry the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. So um, she reads the nursery rhyme. Uh, she's like, great. I'm going to leave now. She says good night to her daughter. Yumi. And then opening credits roll. That The Yumi part, the first time I watched this, it's meaningless. Mm-hmm. Because you're like, who fucks Yumi? I don't care. Uh, but then after, when watching it a second time, I'm like, oh, okay. So yeah. this is the wraparound Shop. story, yes. essentially. Yeah. Yes. The title sequence, the music was so good. So I really love the music. In yes. It's like kind of vaporwave sounding mm. tune banging over the top. This is uh, an original score by band Save Earth. <laughs> Uh, it'll get worse save earth but there's only one e so it's like sav earth but one word it's like save earth but they've docked them together and move on so apparently they were they were a band at the time i could not find any information about them but they provided an original score for this movie Hmm. Hmm. and unfortunately the credits in the copy we saw both in, in yeah. uh, intro- opening credits and end credits are of such terrible quality that you cannot read a damn thing yeah i think it's like the color as well of the text it's mm. like red mostly is that mm. right but it just like bleeds into the, the mm. screen and yeah it's just a blur can't, it can't really is, make yeah. any of it out mm. at all but as you said this is our the opening is our wraparound story so this film is an anthology piece we have, and I only actually realized this after reading the Chirashi, by the way. Mm. <laughs> so, 
from here we have four stories. All of these stories are the nightmares that young baby Yumi sees over the course of four nights. Oh wait, it's over four four nights. Apparently, I didn't get that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we have four stories, all centered around a female lead, Yumi.、Mm. However, all played by different actresses. Yeah. Okay. It's good that you confirm that because, like, yeah, when I was watching it, I'm like. Is this the same actress? Because <laughs>、yeah. the quality is so bad. Is. But and and two of them do kind of look、mm. alike. But then in the last story, I'm like, no, this is definitely a different actress.、Mm. Okay, that makes sense. And I was and yeah, it took me a while to figure out because I swear, like in one of the episodes, they don't even say her name either. Yeah. So I was、yeah. like, oh wait. The last girl's called Yumi. The first girl's also called Yumi. Were the others also called Yumi? Apparently, they're all called Yumi. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and the, this is just—we're watching the、uh, the nightmares that young baby Yumi sees after the mother has read her this extremely graphic bedtime story. Pretty fucked up nightmares for a baby. <laughs> yeah. So we get our first title card, episode one, birthday cocktail.、Mm. You seem to have pretty strong feelings about this episode,、oh. so I'll let you take the reins. Yeah. When. <laughs> When this kicked, it, yeah, th- this was hard to、yeah. get through. <laughs> I liked it more second time round, to be honest. But it just—it's the worst way to to open an anthology with the worst story by、mm. far of the four stories. So we've got a group of friends; they're all singing "Happy Birthday" to the character Yumi. And just to set how this is shot. Last episode, Houseboat Horror, we talked about a scene that is horribly framed. Everyone's like lined up in a、oh, row.、Yeah. It's like that. It's、yeah. like we're in a room that could be a set, maybe,、mm. and everyone's just lined up in a row. It's a fucking hideous shot, and it just keeps going and go. It's so there's there's nothing dynamic about this shot. And when it does finally cut, it's like another wide shot, but from A different angle,、mm. yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty grim. It's very static camera. Five different characters all facing the camera and trying to engage in this weird birthday conversation. Sing happy birthday to Yumi. One of them is uh is loving the cake. <laughs> the other、yeah. girls are kind of teasing her, like, "Ah,、hey, yeah,、uh, you little fatty, have some more cake." And <laughs> it, it, they're just kind of having a merry time, right?、Mm. Joking around, laughing. For us, it's pretty painful, but they seem to be having fun. At one point, someone there's like a bully girl, and she says of the fat girl she was that she was born to eat fried chicken. <laughs> Quite a horrible insult. Born to eat. I've never said that in my life. <laughs> I was born to eat fried chicken. I think. So yes, as you said, there's a little bit of teasing going along, but it all seems to be, you know, all in good humor. One of them starts chasing the other round a table. Oh, is it the fat girl? Yeah, the, the fat girl the fat starts running around the bully after,、uh, after the fried chicken line. I think. Oh yeah, you can't say that. And then the fat girl gets fucking slammed with a face full of cake as she's making the rounds round the table. But she's a big old fatty born to eat chicken, so <laughs> she's loving the cake. Yeah. So at first she's like, "Oh, this is great." Yeah, I love、so、a bit of bit of cake in my face. Delicious, delicious, and she's eating all the cake. She's loving it. Now this scene is, <laughs> it's it's quite funny because I have read 
reviews of this film and there were so many people that were completely dumbfounded as to what happens next in yeah. this as was i <laughs> so she just dies yeah the girl who got the cake in the face dies falls to the floor mm. done people like on, on like letterbox and review sites are like so, so what happened to her there must be a mistake with the subtitles she just died there's no explanation there's no reason she just falls over and now she's dead if I didn't have this uh, Chidashi flyer, I wouldn't know what have happened. Oh, you either. know what happened. So apparently, and this is going to be sound really like uneventful. So she choked on the cake. She got cake like lodged in her throat and apparently died. She choked to death. There is nothing in her performance that no. suggests that. She literally falls over and that's <laughs> it. There and then. It's terribly portrayed. Yeah. But that's what happens, apparently. Right. So, yeah, a lot of reviewers are confused. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Information you could only get from the Chirashi. Yes, yeah, well, basically. I mean, this Chirashi saved my butt. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, girls on the floor, um, they realize what happened. They start passing the blame onto uh, to the other people. It's all like, it wasn't my fault. We were just playing, blah, 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 blah. However, there's one member of this party who seems to be not within the same circle of friends. And she knows exactly what each of the members' like real motives are, their mm-hmm. real personalities, and their true colours are. And so she starts kind of picking off these people one by one. Yeah, she's talking about the guy that is at the party, the one boy at the party, and she says... That he's only there to seduce Yumi. Yeah. The girl... I, I didn't catch that. Was it Miyako? Yeah, Miyoko. 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 Oh, yeah. Mm. She's saying, like, yeah, this boy um, is only here to seduce Yumi. But then there's another member of the group who's interested in that boy. Mm. So then she has been silent the whole time. She suddenly reacts, grabs a knife, goes to stab him for his betrayal. He grabs the knife... The girl, in the end, gets stabbed in the neck, blood everywhere. It's a big old bloody fiasco. But this also uh, is filmed in that way that you were saying before. It's like four people lined up, pretty much talking, facing the camera directly, only with one static shot. Mm. It's not exactly the most dynamic scene. No, not at all. I'm going to say they did a pretty good performance. Mm, the except, girl who died, yeah, she deserved to die. Her performance was god-awful, to the point that no one actually knew what happened. Um, the rest of them, the people that are left, I think their performance was pretty fucking good for a student effort. So they're all, they're all screaming at each other. Um, one girl's trying to stab the boy, he's fighting her back, she gets stabbed in the neck. Um, now we learn why Yumi isn't interested in that boy, and apparently... It's because she's completely devoted to her father. Yeah. Who is away from work, which is why she invited her friends to celebrate with her. But the girl, was it Miyako? Miyako. Miyako. She says that um, Yumi and her father, they might as well be married. And she services him like a wife would. (laughs) So there's this weird, like, incestual relationship going on with Yumi and her dad. But the boy who came to seduce Yumi is now freaking out. He's like, yeah. how could you do this to me? <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Yeah, that's a very unpleasant reveal. Yes. 
The boy is freaking out because he can't stand Yumi's weird incestuous relationship. He grabs the knife and... Oh, she grabs the yeah, knife, sorry. Yeah, so she, she's got it right. And then they have a sort of scuffle yeah. where she basically accident- kind of accidentally maybe yeah. stabs him. He had it coming. And yeah, she's completely covered in blood after mm. that. He's He he's has done. a very dramatic death, doesn't he? Yeah. A very dramatic death. <laughs> And now it's just the two left, right? Mm. So Kate girl's done. The boy is done. And the the girl who loved the boy, she's done. So now we only have Yumi and the the outsider left. Mm. And the outsider girl, Miyoko, she's just like sipping some wine, loving mm. what's going on around her. Yeah. She's having a great time at the party. Yeah, she pours uh, Yumi a drink, right? And she's mm. like, this will put you to sleep. And, you know, we can die together. Yeah. I don't want to live in this dirty world anymore. <laughs> Is it like the spiked punch? Is it like, yeah, don't drink the so. punch? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then Yumi does a runner and we get a lovely cat and mouse chase scene. Mm. The girl is stalking Yumi throughout the uh, the apartment with the knife. This is where it gets a bit more dynamic, right? The mm. way it's shot is pretty cool. And yeah, the this sort of psycho outsider girl, she's shot from underneath with this very intense lighting. Mm. Uh, But one thing I don't want to harp on about the print too much, but the first time I watched this, the Mm. print was so bad and the way it was cut together was a little confusing. So I actually didn't really know what was going on the first time I watched (laughs) this. And the second time I had to watch it, sort of shot by shot to try and make sense of what was going on. Right. But essentially that outsider is stalking Yumi, who's hidden herself away in the bathroom. Yeah, and right? we get the awesome synth music kick up in yeah. kick back in by yeah. uh Save Earth. Love Save Earth. Save Earth, fucking rocking band. Yeah. <laughs> and and it kind of escalates with the tension. Mm. Oh, I loved it. Um and yeah, so she stalks Yumi to where she's hiding in the shower pulls back the shower curtain this was great this is great (laughs) yeah she's about to attack yumi but yumi fights back and has the shower head Mm. in her hand and just fucking beats miyoko to death and it's really good it's really violent and out of control like really frantic kind of kind of scene yeah Bludgeoned to death by a shower head. I'm not, I don't think I've seen that before. Yeah, I, I haven't seen that. When, when it was first kicking off, I'm like, oh, here we go. It's like psycho time. But yeah. then it, it really flips the expectations mm. with that shower head. So she, uh, she slumps back into the bath, uh, all bloody and wet. It's great. But then dad comes home. So Yumi goes to greet her dad, still covered in blood. And she says, you won't betray me, right? Mm. And he's like, of course not. But. Actually, I'm thinking of very bloody marrying. And he's he's brought this lady in with him. He's like, yeah, I got this lady thinking of remarrying her. This is my new wife. This is Kay. Also, I love that the the actor playing the dad was clearly just one of the students as well. Because he he looks about like 22 years (laughs) old. (laughs) So, yeah, unfortunately, Yumi's dad has in fact betrayed her. Mm. But she's like, oh, Okay, you're going to remarry. Will you at least celebrate my birthday with me? Which, of course, they do. Yumi brings back the wine, the spiked wine, we can only assume. They go to have a drink and then fade to Mm. 
a picture. Yeah, it's like a black and white photo of the scene taking place. But yeah, she's given... She has like two normal wine glasses, mm. but then the glass that she gives the girlfriend, mm. the dad's girlfriend, mm. is the one that Miyoko had before. So I guess ah. it's implying she, just her, just the the gal, Kill the girlfriend girl, is going to get girlfriend. the girlfriend is going to get killed off. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not a very good opening story but it gets better as it kicks off it, but that first yeah. part holy shit is it's not it's not a good first impression it reeks of like student theater you know yeah. it's how like a student play would like play out yeah. and yeah. i didn't hate it no no but it wasn't great i i definitely liked it more the second time because the mm. first time it's just so confusing as well because you, you've got this line of kind of hazy faces in this mm. wide shot and you're like wait who are all these fucking people yeah. why did she just die from getting a cake smashed in her face yeah it's very baffling and, and i mean it wasn't until you explained that from the chirashi that that makes sense to yeah me. no because it doesn't it doesn't play out like that yeah i was like did the cake get poisoned is there like, like what's going on here? yeah it's a bit of a weak start but it gets better it's all uphill from here on to nightmare Number two. The shortest one, by far. It is. It's barely, barely anything, really. But I, I quite liked it, though. I like the simplicity of it. Yeah. yeah. We've got a little... It's to the point. Yeah. There's, like, a little nerdy boy. Oh. Studying away. Yeah. Or trying to study. Drinking a little cough-cough. But he can't. Yeah. He's too distracted. Because he's got a naughty magazine. <laughs> oh, he does. Did you catch the name of the magazine? No, I was trying to look at it, but what, what was it? It was Bishojo, which means <laughs> young, beautiful women. <laughs> Sorry, it, other it way around. Beautiful young women. Uh, okay. oh, it was beautiful young women, even worse. Yeah, it's all. But it was like kind of a. It wasn't a, a nudie magazine. It yeah. was a very suggestive schoolgirl uniform. Yeah. It was like some gentle idol yeah. stuff, right? Not, He's fucking nothing too bad. It, right? Yeah. He's like, how can I concentrate on my studies when I got this this sexy young women magazine in front of me? So he's looking through, uh, looking at a, a photo of an, one idol in particular in the magazine, mm -hmm. and then we hear a voice starting to call his name. What was his name? Do you remember? Takashi. Oh, Takashi. Like, Takashi. And then he looks up to his window. Mm. Do we say what the title of this one was? Out of the window. Uh, <laughs> wait, one more time? Out of the window. So he looks... Out of the window. <laughs> and there's kind of like a wind blowing the curtains a little bit, yeah, right? Have a little flap. And he looks... Out of the window <laughs> and sees the woman from the magazine. I'm gonna right? guess. Is, it the same? is that Yumi? Is that gonna be Yumi? I guess so. Yeah. See, this, this is one where it's like there's no, yeah. there's no real reference to a Yumi mm. in this, right? So, mm. But I guess it must be. And yeah, she's out in total darkness. So it's kind of like a yeah pitch black mm. background with this this uh, lady in there, and it's very. The feeling I got from this, from a lot of this film, actually, uh, was kind of like a J-horror manga mm. from the 80s. Did you ever read, like, those old 70s and 80s horror mangas and the audience? It's, like, for teen girls. Right. That was, like, the the main audience for, no, for these mangas, which is quite weird because, like, horror is 
generally pitched towards mm. lads in the West. Lads, men, boys. Especially, especially back then. Lads. But, um, yeah, like, uh, Hino Hidishi, for example, mm. like, he used to write manga specifically targeted towards teen girls. Not, not all of his stuff. Not Panorama of Hell. But that was the kind of feeling that I got where it's always like, yeah, it's kind of, it's creepy and it often centers on young girls mm. and stuff like that. And yeah, this, this story really gave me that kind of feeling, which, okay. was, which was quite nice. because It, I, it I definitely love that has sort of a coming of age feel to it, doesn't it? Yeah. Because yeah. he's kind of essentially distracted by this sexy ghost girl outside of his window. Mm. Yeah. So he looks out at her. She looks back at him with a creepy smile. And he, he, he basically goes into the void to chase her. Yeah. Which is yeah. awesome. He goes into into darkness yeah, outside yeah. of his window chasing this ghost. And every time he gets close to her, she kind of evaporates. Mm. But he keeps pursuing her, the horny little bugger. <laughs> <laughs> and then we sort of go back to reality and mm. he's falling down and essentially falls to his death. So he's, he's climbed out of the window. <laughs> <laughs> so has he just jumped out the window? Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. And essentially. he falls to his yeah. death. He cracks his head open on the pavement. Yeah. Done. He's done. But which I really liked. It was like, not, not that this guy died in particular, but it felt very much like that kind of short little manga with a nice mm. little twist at the end. And then we, we cut to, like, a TV with, like, a news report of his mm. death. Or we, we assume it's, like, a news report of his death. There's no sound. And then we see another lad who's doing his homework and goes over to the window. And was that another lad? I thought it was... Yeah. This, I, at first, I thought it was the same lad. I, I think it's a sec... I, I think. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's, like, it's happening again. It's, like, a, that her next victim. Oh. I think. I'm, I'm not 100% mm. sure because, again, the video was fucking atrocious yeah, yeah, yeah. but that that was what i think mm. happened yeah but i like this this was an extremely simple yet well executed story there was no filler mm. it was just you know it, it had a purpose it did it and then it was done yeah there was no fanning around yeah it was it was good i liked it a lot and the execution was good i liked the void the black void it didn't look like cheap shit mm. like the previous Episode. Yeah, yeah. The, the previous one feels very much like a student film. This mm. feels like it could just be some 80s mm. J-horror mm. anthology. Mm. Now, without our next title cards coming for a little while yet, mm. we get the start of our third nightmare. That really threw me off because I was <laughs> waiting for the title. I'm like, is this still the... the... And because it was so short, that mm. one with the, the magazine boy... I was like, oh, it must be a continuation of that. But yeah. it's not. This is the, the new story. So we have Yumi. Mm, another Yumi. Another Yumi. <laughs> or the same Yumi. Yeah. Uh, opening her birthday presents. And it's a lovely, happy little setting. She gets this lovely music playing. She gets a little music box. She loves the shit out of it. <laughs> Why is she by herself music? opening these, though? Well, I guess it's, you know, she probably went to school. Her, her friend's like, here you go. Happy birthday. Here's a present. And she brought them all back home, and she waited till she was alone, and then decided to open all her gifts. You should be opening your presents in front of the person, though. Do you? Is that what yeah. you do? Yeah, you got to do that. I Come don't. on. No, I don't. You, you go home and... I, I don't want you to see the disappointment in my face. <laughs> well, didn't you like that dildo I got you for your last birthday? Oh, I did. That's why I waited till I got <laughs> yeah. home to use it. 
<laughs> yeah, she opens one present and it's like so it's like in, in a bag mm. and there's a card that says be careful not to burn your fingers mm. which she finds quite funny. I don't know why she found that funny. She gets a lot no. of like like heat packs, the things that you like stick to your clothes when it's cold. Mm. And she was like ah. <laughs> But what's funny? I mean there's a there is a thing in Japan about giving extremely convenient gifts to someone. I guess especially like uh, for students because they don't have a lot of money, so yeah. they give you something that is convenient as opposed to something that you're going to fucking love. And that is definitely a thing in Japan. Right, right. And this is this is a this is a tangent. Yeah. But when I moved into my um my new apartment that I'm living in now, a couple of months later in the apartment above mine, the new tenants moved in and they came to like greet me and say hello and they're like oh this is you know just just a little like just a little something like present and I was oh well, thank you very much and it was it was um it was washing up liquid it's very useful well that's it it's it's useful it's something that everyone uses yeah. and no one is going to be like oh fucking hell washing up liquid how did you know you know but it's that thing that Everyone has to use, and it's a convenient thing. Which you think, oh, that was that was good enough. Yeah, and I feel like that's what this was. Hmm. Japan gets cold. You need them heat packs. But good present. You don't want to get burnt. Don't want to burn those fingers. No, and I think that's what she was giggling about. I see. I didn't even know they were heat packs. I was just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. she gets a. There's like a, a box mm. with a present in it, and she opens it up. And it's a one of those ancient floppy disks. Mate, you're skipping the most important part. Have I? Yeah. What did I skip? She gets some wheel up, sparky mouth oh, toys. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, you say it's important, but we don't know it's important yet. You know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> I had these kinds of toys growing up. See, and I, I was baffled by this shit. I'm like, what the fuck is this toy right. that is sparking at the mouth? Yeah. Oh, this is the next copyright thing that yes, you're talking about yes. of course yeah and it's my boy it's your boy it's your mate Godzilla yeah so and uh, did you not have these in Australia definitely not really well probably they're probably illegal because fires are a big problem in Australia well I would assume in England now they're also illegal but I remember having these kinds of toys and they're the ones that you you basically you you roll you you kind of wind back and you mm. let them go, and a, usually a car or something mm. will will go forward. Yeah. But out of from some sort of hole, sparks will fly out. Yeah, I've never seen the spark. We we had, of course, like the toys that yeah, yeah. wheel back and they'd go forward. But I, that spark thing, I'm like, is this a real thing? It is, and I had not seen or thought about them for <laughs> so long that when I saw this movie, I was like, oh my god! <laughs> and I think one of them is an Ultraman monster. And another one is our mate Godzilla. Yeah. And so she's having a great time rolling him up, having sparks fly out of his mouth, giggling like a schoolgirl. Because she is. A schoolgirl. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then, okay. Yeah. So they are a real thing. Yeah. Yes. I, I was very baffled by that. Never seen that before in my life. But yes, opens up a box. In there, there's a floppy disk. And when I say floppy disk... It ain't the floppy disk that I grew up with in the nineties. What did you grow up? With? You know, like you know, like the little 
the smaller square kind of ones, right? Yeah. This is like a real fucking ancient floppy disk. <laughs> uh, like, like it's like, like a, a cartridge proper... boy. But it, this one, it's like the thinner, bigger kind of ones that, that she's ah. got. I, I, I've seen them before when I was a kid, but mm. I never at any point used them. It did kind of, when, when I was watching this, it, it was kind of crazy to me. I was thinking back to like, even in high school, mm. we still used floppy disks. Yeah. And I remember like, doing powerpoints yeah did you ever do, i remember like having to take it a powerpoint on a floppy disk do you do you have to do this as well i think i may have done once and we've we realized that we could destroy the floppy disk right. and that could be the way you'd get out of doing your presentation on right. that day so we used to like sort of get it to the point where like the the disk was mm. And then put a bit of Tipex, a bit of whiteout oh. on it. And then you'd put it in the computer and the computer would go fucking nuts. Oh, awesome. And you're like, oh, sorry, sir. Can't do the presentation <laughs> today. Going to have to be next week. Did we did it. That? We did it so many times really? that the teacher cottoned onto it eventually. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, didn't they hold like an insanely small amount of data? Yeah, I don't know what it would be, but it like mm. like less than a megabyte. It, it was like, yeah, I, I swear it was a couple of megabytes. I don't know. Yeah, it, it was... Very, very small. But going back to like high school days, the computer classes were wild. It, yeah. it was all that like stuff oh, that we talked go, about before. Goatee era. Yeah, oh, yeah. Goats. I used to go on like rotten.com, <laughs> Ogrish. Oh man. I just, my, my, the main thing I remember was just everyone would set um, the homepage yeah. to like Goatsy or Lemon Lemon Party. Party. Oh, yeah. Was the other one. I, they were the two main ones. There was the, that I the remember. shock sites that were big at that time. There was like the the kings of the shock sites that you'd always have to trick your friend into go, going to look at. Yeah, Goatsy yeah. was one of them. Lemon Party. Mm. But Tub, Tub Girl. Oh, Tub Girl. That yeah. was the other one. Oh, God. Horrible. But, yeah. but like a whole bunch of people grew up without ever experiencing those those websites. Yeah. I was talking about uh, about those sites with uh, someone younger the other day and they're like, I don't know what the fuck <laughs> that shit is. But they're, they're probably like, they're the two girls, yeah. one cup generation. Right, right. The, the generation after yeah, yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> those are good times. Rotten.com was horrific, though. Yeah. It's truly How awful. else are you going to spend your school days, though? Oh, God. Actually, funnily enough, like, we're recording this on 9-11. Oh, yeah. It's 9-11 today as we record this. Not when this comes out. But um, I remember on the, the real 9-11, mm. 2001, I was... Um, I, I don't know if I've ever told you this story oh, before. It's not much. It's not that much of a story. But I was doing work experience at mm. the time. I was, like, in year 9 or mm. 10 or something. I remember in the morning... I woke up to the news of 9-11 mm. and uh, my mom was like, they've, they've bombed the towers, the twin towers. And I'm like, what? And she's like, the World Trade Center. I'm like, huh? I don't know, I don't know what that is. And it, yeah. I just didn't really react well, to it. Well, yeah, yeah. We I, I didn't, young, know, what, I didn't know what yeah. it meant. Uh, I didn't really understand it. And then um, I went to work experience, which was at a Christian cd manufacturing place and there was like what? this yeah it's fucking crazy <laughs> you did work experience at a cd so a christian yeah, yeah, cd yeah. manufacturing so place. the way that happened we did two work experience yeah. sessions and the first one i i did it at a tv station mm. actually the station that screened houseboat horror oh i did it at that tv station Good stuff wasn't aware of houseboat horror at that time yet <laughs> but um but the second one i was like oh, i'm into music so i want to do something related to music and they like found this like christian cd wow. plant 
And so it was just this family run business. And I, I have remember so well on that day, just like packing these like see Christian CDs yeah. with a TV on just me alone in this room, packing Christian CDs mm. with the footage of the towers, like falling down and just being like, Oh yeah, this is fucked. Like this That's is a real fuck mad. thing that happened. But then so this is a Christian like CD place, right? Yeah. But it run by a family, but the, the family, their son, yeah. he was like this mid twenties fucking pile right. of shit, like disgusting. Yeah pile of garbage kind of guy christian garbage. yeah yeah i don't i don't know if the son was christian <laughs> right. but but he was like um i went up for the lunch break and he's there just like eating fucking cereal or something mm. and he's like oh did you see on rotten.com they've already posted photos of the dead bodies from 9-11 and i remember just being like this 14 year old just be like no i didn't i'm not interested in seeing that that's <laughs> like whenever i think of rotten.com i think of 9-11 mm. and just oh, the fact connected that, but that is that is twisted that that site was like mm. they were just raring to go oh, yeah. on nine eleven just to get those oh, disgusting yeah. photos up there. That's bizarre. Is that does that site still exist? No, I think it got taken down. And Ogrish as well. I swear, it got taken. That was another. Which one? one? Ogrish. I don't know that one. Oh, it's the same kind of deal. Mm. Oh, I, I had a great work experience. Quite similar, but also completely different. Mm-hmm. So I also worked in a CD shop. Oh right, yeah, yeah but yeah. it was like a good one. It was um, it's gone now, but it's MVC. Mm. which was the rival company of HMV back oh, okay. at that time. So again, I was 14. And um, and we used to just take CDs from the uh, from the shelves and listen to them in the in the back room whilst we were doing like the the in whatever, the sock stock rotations or whatever. They said the sock rotations. Like, so, yeah, we just to change socks whilst <laughs> listening to music. So so they'd be like, what do you want to listen to? And I'd be like, this looks fun. We put like castle decapitation. When I was like, <laughs> but I remember that was when um, Ichi the Killer was released in England. Mm. And we got this massive box of Ichi the Killer, like three disc oh. like editions. And I was 14 at the time. Mm. And the guy was like, you want one? I was like, fuck yeah, I want one. So I should walk away with a seat of the killer. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Fuck it all. I didn't take home any of those Christian CDs. I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a tangent. What were we talking about? Oh, yeah, the three and a half inch discs. <laughs> <laughs> so she gets a three and a half inch floppy disc. Goes to her ancient computer. Oh man, I, that setup was fucking awesome, wasn't it? I bet that setup is worth a ton now. Probably, yeah. yeah. Boots it up, survival game. <laughs> Man, I fucking love this shit. This was the point where I'm like, this movie's great. Mm. This is really good. On the screen, we see like a kind of ancient mid-80s computer game. Mm. It's got like this very intense voiceover talking about how there's going to be a battle between her and a monster and it's about to start, but she's not not particularly interested. She just turns it off. off, Yeah. (laughs) Goes to bed. (laughs) I was was thinking about it. I was watching it for the second time. I was thinking, because you love technology-based horror. So I was thinking, Dave's going to fucking love this. Yeah, I love this segment so much. And I, I don't like technology-based horror like the new stuff like i mean unfriended those kind of stuff it's kind mm. of fun in a gimmicky way but there's nothing that particularly excites me about it but the really like the retro like yeah yeah high tech of that time <laughs> technology-based horror i fucking love yeah, yeah yeah although in this it's like it's got the technology aspect mm. but it's 
also kind of separate from what actually happens. Do you know what I mean? It's not like mm. the video game itself. It's not like she goes into the video game. No. It's just like there's this video game which causes things to happen in yeah. the real world, I guess. But we get a lot of weird, like, electronic screens. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Not, yeah. What you, what would you, it's not even 8-bit. It would be fucking bold. I don't know. <laughs> it's Meg... 2-bit. 2-bit. 2-meg. I don't know. Like, those weird electronic screens mm. that you see. Oh, it looks it lo- great. It's really awesome. Yeah. Which, again, is, like, amazing that this is a student film. Yeah. Despite that screen, it would be easy to make now, mm. right? Like any fucking mouth breather in his basement could make that now. But yeah. this is like 86. Yeah, yeah. It would have been quite difficult for them. Not for the bloody too. Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> They're ahead of the curve. They were. Back in the back in the 80s, they yeah, were. Yeah, fuck yeah, they oh, were. They fall behind a bit, pick up the slack, fucking up. <laughs> hey, Mario's still doing all right. Is he? How's he doing? He's all right. Oh. He's had that movie. Didn't see it. Are you, come on. You're too ashamed to talk about on the pod how much I, you love Mario and Luigi. I didn't see it. What more can I say? You told me you saw it ten times. No, I didn't. <laughs> You're wearing your Bowser shirt right now. Shut up, Dave. <laughs> Not on the potty. <laughs> <laughs> so, she goes to bed. While she's sleeping, the computer boots the game up again. Mm. And it says, you have three minutes to stop the game if you do not want to proceed. After that, you cannot stop the game. You're done for. She's done. And she's, like, in dreamland. <laughs> I don't know. She's, <laughs> she's the way you trailed off. She's, she's in dreamland. So she's not stopping. Then the game says, a monster will appear. Your mission is to defeat the monster. The monster will power up every... What's it? How many? 15 minutes or something? 20 minutes, 20 minutes. minutes, something like that, yeah. Then, finally, we get the title screen. Survival game. That's the one. She wakes up in the middle of the night, goes to get a drink. I didn't quite understand what happened here. She took a drink that was in a glass bottle, poured it into a glass, looked at it, decided, (laughs) nah, threw the drink down the drain, went back to bed. Yeah. I don't know. That information was not in the (laughs) Chirashi. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you scoured that trashy for info. On I need to know that. about the drink. Yeah. What the fuck's going on with that drink? Why'd you yeah. burn down the sink? And that's when she hears the noise. Mm. Uh, the, the broken drink bottle. You hear a smash. Yeah. She goes into the kitchen. She the, finds the bottle on the floor. It's all smashed up. The lighting as well is like very fucking giallo. It really cranks mm. up the colors. Very pink. Pink and purpley, bluey sort of colors going on. I like it. And we get an indication that the monster has powered up by 20%. Yeah, it's like this voiceover, just like, it has powered up by 20%. (laughs) We haven't seen the monster yet. No, we've not. But we know of its existence. She is not aware yet, old Mm. Yumi. Another thing that's funny about this is the game and all of her interactions within the game are all in English. Mm. Not just a, not just like little simple things mm. like game over or anything yeah. like that. It's like full sentences yeah. in, in English. Yeah. Love a bit of English. <laughs> oh, don't need to read any subtitles. Get to read it on this computer screen yeah. within the movie. It's All this floppiness. <laughs> <laughs> so she goes back to the room. The, the computer's talking. She's like, ah, oh, whatever. She unplugs the computer, but it boots back up again. What is going on? Then we get an awesome, almost like... You know, like in Alien, in oh, the I vents? I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Where you have the blips going down, and we get 
a scene like that. This this is what yeah, this sequence really reminded me of Alien because mm. it, it is that thing of like this one monster stalking mm. this person. But yeah, that screen of it like blipping through. That was so good. I fucking love that. And that's the kind of stuff I fucking love. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. really old, really outdated but high tech of its mm. time technology. It's mm. so good. So she's kind of wandering around the house not knowing what's going on. She is fixated on a cupboard opens it up, things tumble out like an idiot. Eventually, she starts to see a little creature walking around. Mm. And we see the, the pitter-patter of its feet. Yeah. She grabs the knife, and we finally see the tail yeah. of a monster, all stop-motion, beautifully animated. So good. Like, it's kind of in a basket, and its tail is hanging out the basket, and it's it's wagging its tail, right? Yeah, she goes over to that basket and starts stabbing down into the basket, stabbing like crazy... She pulls out all the clothes, but it's empty. Mm. And then I I wanted to check if you understood what happened here, but after she's looked in this laundry basket, a microwave flies off the shelf towards her. Is that what happened? Yeah, I don't know. A bunch of kitchen appliances come flying towards her. Yeah. I'm not sure why. Probably the monster threw yeah. them. She does a runner. She goes to the game. I love the announcement here as well. Like, this alarm goes off mm. and it says... Uh, the player's power has been reduced to 20%. <laughs> and, oh, I love this too, when she gets on the, the computer mm. and she's trying to find out more about the monster. Yes. And she types in all this stuff, like how she needs needs to defeat it. And we get like a little, uh, how would you describe it? Like a little statistic yes. of the monster. Yes. And it's like a and silhouette. Silhouette, yeah. <laughs> yeah, silhouette. And then just like some stats about it. I yeah. fucking love that. It was Apparently so good. it has an IQ of 200 and a foul smell. I didn't look at the IQ. That's hilarious. That's a smart monster. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't do anything to demonstrate that IQ after this, but... No. (laughs) But apparently, it has no weaknesses. She's fucked. Meanwhile, while she's searching on the computer, the monster starts trying to break into her room. I love the shot. It's like, monster just like smacking up against the window. Yeah, it's like a silhouette, right? You just see it flopping about like mad. Obviously, someone just like bashing a puppet up against the window and... Uh, and then finally, we see the monster like in full frame mm. from behind at first, and it appears to be eating something. How would you describe it? It has like big back legs, almost like a cricket that arches o- over. Yeah, it's kind of spindly, mm. spidery, crickety. Yep. Yeah, it's 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 a really creepy design it it feels like a kind of reject from the thing <laughs> in a way yeah. like it, it's very yeah it's uh it's extremely creepy and then it turns around oh. and has a human face yeah that like yeah this really caught my attention when mm. you finally see it because it's a really fucked up design i was expecting like a typical mm. 80s puppety mm. monster I was not expecting to see a man's face mm. on a fucking weird spidery body. So it's it's really creepy. I don't know if you thought this, but I kind of thought it looked a bit like Hansan. <laughs> the actor from from your yeah. your films, yeah. Han. Yeah. Yeah, it did it it was like a very Japanese face yeah. as well. <laughs> but oh man, like um the animation mm. is fucking sick. Yes. Like, it's very, like, basket case-esque. Mm. Like, the way it moves around. It's so cool. I'm going to drop a few tidbits. Drop a few tidbit bombs. About the monster. Go for so, it. So, the creature design 
was done by Taishiro Kitani. And he seems to be mates with a director named Junya Okabe. Because hmm. this uh, the guy who did the creature effects for this, he's done creature design for a few of Jun- uh, Junya Okabe's movies. And although neither of them have done much, they have very few credits to their names, there is one credit that they both have, that they both share, which hmm. might surprise you, Dave. Okay. Even though it wasn't directed by Junya Okabe, Something written by him that this guy did the creature effects for was Mega Monster Battle Ultra Galaxy Legends the movie. Which, after searching on Letterboxd, I saw you fucking love. You did not even understand how much I fucking love that fucking movie. <laughs> really? So that, like, I love Ultraman. Mm. You know, I love Ultraman. I've got it right up there on the shelf, oh, yeah. that film. <laughs> But that film, so most Ultraman movies are not very good. Right. They'll do a series and then they'll do like a shitty film right. at the end. And it's always shit. Mm-hmm. It's like it undoes everything from the series. But that movie, fuck man, it's like <laughs> incredible. So it came after the series called, I think it was called Mega Monster galaxy or something like that i don't know it was a show that didn't have ultraman in it right and then they did this amazing epic ultraman movie that just has all the ultraman and has all these cameos from all like like the guy that played ultra seven and all these guys and it's this amazing it's essentially like the avengers infinity war but Mm. for ultraman nerds right and i i was watching it and just honestly having a bit of a panic attack because it was so good and i'm actually right now i'm in the process of building up to watching it again right but i wanted to watch all of the shows building up to that and Mm. then and yeah then i'm gonna watch it again but it's fuck it's a masterpiece (laughs) for ultraman fans it's a fucking it's a truly masterful movie so he fucking wrote that shit no, so the guy who designed this monster in this movie yeah. also did the creature design for that movie. For that film? Yes. Yeah. Okay, alright, okay, wow. And I think the only reason he was able to work on that movie is because it was written by Junior Okabe. Okay. Uh, Okabe, sorry. Um, and he's done creature effects on Junior Okabe's other movies. Ah, okay. So okay. I guess through his connections, he was able to work on that Ultraman movie. That's awesome. But that seems to be both him, the creature design from this guy, and the Junior Cup is, like, only big, hmm. big credit to their names. I mean, his work in this... Like, so he just did this part? It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not all the effects? He didn't do the special... The, the makeup effects. That's another guy. I'll get to him okay. later. But yeah, that, this puppet, it's, it's fucking awesome. Mm. It's so good. And the animation is really cool. Loved it. Loved it. Love a bit of stop motion. Now... Can you tell me about this bottle that the that the that Yumi's carrying? <laughs> so I believe mm. the monster in this picks up a bottle of bleach. Oh, okay. And drinks it down. I don't know what he he's a hungry monster. He eats a lot. He also he has a tongue darting yeah. in and out, which is quite sickening. Yeah. 
And we actually, the first time we see him, actually, he's actually got a knife and fork. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Forgot to mention that. <laughs> when he turns around, he's yeah. holding a knife and fork. So his whole thing is just to consume things. Yeah. <laughs> so he just, I know, anything you give him, he will eat. So yeah, he she drinks this bottle of bleach. She tries to attack him like and umbrella? defends herself with an umbrella. Mm. He eats the umbrella. She goes back to the PC, puts in some random code, which, I don't know, I am going to just guess that this is like a periodic table type thing because there's like a bunch of two letter codes and she's like ah yes fire will work right so all i can guess is that she checks the chemical components for bleach the bleach that this monster just drunk and knows that fire will work against whatever chemical compound is within bleach Mm. that was my understanding of it could be wrong makes sense and then here we go lads oh the day is saved. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Can we play the Godzilla theme song now? Oh, oh fuck yeah. All right, let's get that Godzilla theme. But I've been waiting for a moment to play that song all throughout this podcast. Don't tell fucking Toho. There are dun, dun, a bunch dun, dun, of noise. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, I'm surprised Toho didn't kick off about this. Yeah. Maybe that's why this film's so hard to find. Maybe they were pissed off about Godzilla being They're used always in this way. Off. So the Godzilla wind-up sparking toy... Yeah that we saw before is getting put to good use here so she's got that sparking toy she uh, rolls it Mm. towards the monster so it's like sparking out of its mouth as it's heading towards that monster and just as it's about to hit that monster we hear an explosion and she wakes up yes so we've basically seen a dream within a dream because this is Yumi's yes. dream of another Yumi yes. who's possibly having a dream about fighting a video game monster. Yes. Yeah. It's like that fucking movie. What movie? What's it called? What's it? Not not Deception. What is it? What the fuck Inception. Is it? Inception. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We've, gone... <laughs> We've gone full Inception. Deception. <laughs> I couldn't think of that. Deception, the movie. So she wakes up from a nightmare. Now she's awake. She goes back to the kitchen to check on things. All is fine. She goes back to the bed, finds the present that her friend gave her in the box that the initial floppy disk was once in. There's an intense build-up as she goes to open it. And what pops out? It's just a little uh, jack-in-the-box bunny. Happy little bunny. Mm. All is well. Or is it? It's not. It's really fucking not, Dave. <laughs> it never is. The PC boots up once again. Congratulations on defeating the first monster. You will now face an even more powerful monster. We get an intense zoom in on Yumi. She screams. End of nightmare. Mm. Fucking love it. That was... I think this is my favorite story in the film. Mm. Out of the, the four stories... Although the next one has my favorite moments, I think, right. as a whole. Yeah, I yeah. really thoroughly enjoyed mm. this one. The monster from this episode was the one that was featured on the, the VHS mm. box set. So I think this is the kind of the main one, if you will, out of Makes the four. Makes sense, yeah, yeah, yeah. But another funny little tidbit is uh, when this movie played in Ikebukuro, they had the monster on display oh, in the cinema lobby. Sick. So you can go and see the monster. Nice. Yeah, I fucking love it. I wonder if that monster still exists. Somewhere. Oh, he's probably rotten up real bad by now. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, like it, it would be like I guess latex probably. So it's mm. probably all cracked and doubt de- it was stored demented. properly either. Although, like sometimes you never know because there's like a movie prop auction site mm. that I sometimes look at, not to buy stuff, but just like oh shit, like mm. this thing's up there or whatever. And they had um, <laughs> do you know the movie Baby's Day Out? No. It's like a John Hughes script, like the guy right. that wrote Home Alone. Mm. And it's exactly what the title sounds like. It's like a baby having, having a, day a day out. out. Having Essentially, a good time. A baby gets like a, a rich person's baby gets kidnapped and then it's just like oh. walking about the city and stuff. As a kid, I yeah. thought it was like the funniest fucking movie ever. Right. And then I watched it recently as an adult and it was kind of traumatic. Right. There's a lot of ball violence in it. The bad guys are constantly getting their balls smashed and oh. set on fire. It's kind of weird. Set anyway, on fire? Yeah, it's a bit weird. Um, I can't remember the actor's name, but he plays Fat Tony in The Simpsons. That guy. Oh, yeah. He gets his balls set on fire. Jesus. And it's... As a kid, I remember being like, oh, this is really funny. And as an adult, I'm like, this is, this is not good. This is very upsetting. Not fancying this ball torture. But, but on this, like, uh, ball torture. It essentially is. Like, that's what that film is. Ball, 90% ball torture. But they had, oh, fuck. I've got to show you. the After this episode, remind right. me to show you. So the baby, yeah. obviously they couldn't have a real baby doing all this fucking mm. crazy shit, setting men's mm. balls on fire. <laughs> so they had like a robo baby for some oh. scenes, but they also had Vern Troyer oh, no. dressed up as a fucking Seriously? baby. Was he like the baby stunt double or something? It, oh my God. So all these shots where you see this baby crawling around, it's Vern <laughs> Troyer from Austin Powers oh dressed God. as a baby. But, but on this auction website, yeah. they had... I think it was, like, his costume. So it was, like, this fucking disturbing baby mask, like, latex oh, mask. No. It's really fucked. But it was, like, fully intact. And this is right. a film from, like, the early 90s. So Interesting. I mean, you say that, but I have also seen recent pictures of the uh, the puppet that was um, Hoggle in Labyrinth. I think I might have seen that. And he well. looks fucking atrocious. <laughs> yeah. He looks like... He's had his fucking face set on fire and put out with a golf shoe. He looks awful. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. And that's that's the labyrinth. Yeah, fucking yeah, David yeah. Bowie. Yeah, yeah. Jim Henson. You would think if any like if a movie of that They're gonna preserve scale, that. yeah. You, they mm. would have preserved it, but no. Yeah. Hoggle but, looks bad. Yeah, I, I think yeah, that that is a material that just breaks down mm. very easily. Yeah. <laughs> So who knows what's happened to the the monster from Nighty Night? If it showed up on Yahoo auctions, would you would you place a bid? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Why not? It's one of those things where it's like it'd be cool to have, but what are you gonna do with it? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like I, I've still got some like Katzik Blues props sitting here, and I'm like, what do I do with these? Yeah. Gotta sell them. You don't want to throw them away, but it's. If anyone wants to buy the catcock from Katzik Blues, oh. shoot us an email. Oh. <laughs> so, new story starts. There is a girl, Yumi, Yumi, confessing her love to a boy, Tetsuya. Hmm. But he's not interested in her. He's like, nah, sorry, love. <laughs> he drives off. That was in the subtitle. Sorry, love. Yeah. Drives right off. She's made a right fool of herself. <laughs> so she goes on a little walk. She goes on her way, but but she's trying to be optimistic. She's like, there are more fish in the sea. I'll be fine. 
But while she's out, she sees Tetsuya with another girl and somehow convinces herself that she still has a chance with him. Yeah, I, I was confused by that. She's like moved on and she sees him with someone else yeah. and is like, ah, oh, yeah, still got a chance. Still got a chance. I don't, I don't know what reasoning there is behind that. But yeah, mm. she convinces herself she's still got a chance. And then we get our fourth title screen. Cinderella. Cinderella. So we got Yumi doing her makeup. Um, she... Excellent tune playing over this. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Let's play it over the top of the scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll fade it in now. Oh, Here we go. Save Earth, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> save Earth. <laughs> get, get a, I'd love to go to a live Save Earth show. I, be, I couldn't find banging. any information about them whatsoever. Like, nothing. That really happens a lot mm. with Japanese films. Like, um... I've totally forgotten their name, but remember when we did Nay Means Yes? Mm. The horse fucking film. Oh, yeah, was that Wave? Yeah, Wave, yeah. that's right, yeah. And I, I could find nothing about mm. them as well. Yeah. All these sort of, like, 80s and early 90s sort of synthy mm. weird bands that had just lost the time. Yeah. I guess back then it was harder to record your own music, like, mm. you know, unlike now. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. nothing really got recorded. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, the music in this is definitely one of the high points for me. It's oh, really yeah. good. So Yumi is like doing her makeup, dolling herself up. We get somewhat of a long and convoluted story about where the other girls pick on her because she's not good enough for Tetsuya. And convoluted he, is the best way to put this. It's, it's just like a long it's just and drawn a bunch out of yeah. junk just to stretch it out. And they say like even if he did break up with his current girlfriend he would not stoop down to her level. Mm. Just when Tetsuya approaches, he wants to talk. The other girls cannot believe what they're seeing. They're, they're fucking shocked. The hunk of the village has approached <laughs> Yumi. Out of context. Go back to Night Evil Soul to hear about the hunk of the village. <laughs> one of our least popular episodes. Oh, is it, dude? It's, like, it's my fucking one of my favorites that we ever listen recorded. Listen to Night Evil Soul. I Come put on. a lot of work into that. Yeah, it's and fucking... it's and it's funny. It's probably the funniest episode. Hunk of the village. Hunk of the village. It's funnier than just hunk of the village. Do listen. Yeah, to yeah. <laughs> Got stuff about bowls in there. Cats on sticks. Um, so now Tets- <laughs> Tetsuya now likes Yumi. He's broken up with the other girl. He wants a slice of the Yumi pie. <laughs> they go for a little date. All is well. He drops her off at home. Now she's on top of the world. She's on cloud nine. That is the cloud to be on. <laughs> yeah, she's she's talking into her mirror after the date, doing a kind of classic mirror, mirror on the wall sort of mm. thing. Then she's looking at a photo of Hunk, Hunk of the Village, Tetsuya, loving it. But then... I was so confused by this. I loved it, but I was confused. But the the clock hits nine o'clock. Yeah. Suddenly she starts scratching her face mm. and there's a horrible like kind of welt yeah. on her face to begin with. And my my first point here was just like, did I miss mm. something that set up this kind of Cinderella story? I don't know why it's nine mm. PM but uh instead of midnight, but like is there something that I missed that... No. Okay, so it's just... This just happens. It just happens. It gets 9, 9 o'clock and she starts to change. She deforms into an absolute mess. And fuck the effects. Uh, mm. Oh, 
chef's kiss. Oh yeah, to these effects. Like oh, so, yeah. when she starts deforming, there's like this utterly fucked up shot. It's so fucked. And this is real, like, this is real thing territory here as well. Oh, yeah. Where, like, her face is kind of split into two. Yes. And there's, like, two two mouths on her face. I love the way you oh. see, like, her bottom line of teeth, like, separate yeah. from her mouth. It kind of shifts oh, over. It's so disturbing. And it, it's genuinely, like, her expression in this effect. Like, mm. I don't know if this is, like, a, a full just a prosthetic piece or if it's the actress with stuff added on but it looks so painful like it's so mm. horrifying to look at yeah truly fabulous yes. effects is this when we get like a shot from behind where the back of her head literally oh, splits like splitting open. open oh my god loved it yes this last episode the special effects are uh, incredible uh, yeah yeah like you said it's very thing-esque yeah and like the story before I liked more on the whole, but the effects here are just like, oh. Mm, it's pure body horror. Magical. Yes. But, the, and in the middle of her weird transformation, the phone starts to ring, and suddenly she's back to her normal self. Mm. Who's on the phone? Old mate. Tetsuya. Tetsuya. the village, Tetsuya. the village. <laughs> and he's like, come over tomorrow. I want you to meet my mother. That's very uh, presumptuous, isn't it? Yeah. It's been like a day. It's been <laughs> yeah, one day. Come on, mate. Just calm down. And it's also funny, like, at first she's like, oh, I don't know whether I can come over because she's obviously concerned about the whole deforming mm. at 9pm thing. But then when, when he mentions the mum, she's like, oh, yeah, fuck, sign me up. I'll come and meet that mum. There's a thing in Japan where it's like you don't meet the parents until you're ready to get married. Oh, God, yeah. he's already going to that yeah. level on the second date. So I know people who have been in a relationship for years and have never met each other's parents really and apparently uh, you don't introduce the parents until it's like really serious to the point where like you're getting married soon right right so i think that that was yeah why she was so fucking buying at the bit because she <laughs> did you say biting at the bit is that not is that not a thing <laughs> she was biting at the bit is that not a thing that's what you say isn't it that's a phrase. That's a that's a new phrase of the podcast. Is it? Biting at the bit. <laughs> yeah, because she's in love with uh, Tetsuya. It's only fucking like 15 or something. I don't know. But still. <laughs> but she, she's like, yeah, I've got to meet, meet uh, Tetsuya's mum. We cut to the next date immediately. And um, what she's... Uh, she goes into Tetsuya's place. She's already very conscious of the time. It's already gone eight o'clock. What if it gets to nine again? Who knows? Also, the mum doesn't even show up. Yeah. So it's like, what's the point of even adding this aspect to it? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's point, it's yeah. totally pointless. Yeah. The, at no point does she show up. The Tetsuya is just like, ah, yeah, she's running late. But then she doesn't even come anyway. In the end, Yumi makes fucking dinner. Yeah. She's supposed to be a guest. She's just making dinner. What a, what a, maybe that's why he invited her around. He just wanted a dinner. Oh, Tetsuya, he's a bad egg. He's a bad boy. But we get a real... I mean, this, this same... It's a bit, it's a bit draggy. Mm. We get her like cooking. We get a lovey-dovey dinner scene. Them chatting, and I, I, I do like the way they did this because they're sitting at the table and they're chatting away. We don't actually hear what they're saying. Instead, we just have music playing above, mm. and we can just see their fun expressions and faces without actually 
getting a bunch of unnecessary bullshit conversation. Yeah. And I, and I did like that. Yeah, and she's got her eye on the clock. Mm. Kind of very stressed about it getting to 9pm. Mm. But then it gets to 9pm. She's fine. It's all good. There's a There's big no, build up yeah, towards it like, as well. No, yeah. no worries. It's yeah. all good. But. But. Suddenly, her face starts to itch. And she sees her face in the reflection of the glass. What time is it? She yeah. asks. I love, like, Ted, Ted C is like, oh, yeah, like, I think it's like 9.30. Like but 9 that, that clock's fucked. It yeah. might be like 9. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually like, mate, nice. Sort that yeah. clock out. I know. So she runs to the bathroom. Her face is all distorted. It all starts kind of like drooping oh, and dripping. It's so good. It just goes fucking nuts mm. it's so insane like i know like these are like planned effects but there's a madness to this where it's like fuck i don't know what's coming next yeah, like yeah, it yeah. just feels so nuts like a tongue is coming out of the side of her cheek yes from a hole in her cheek her head's like splitting open her eyes start like doubling Dro- like, up drooping down yeah, and and is, doesn't she have another double, one there yeah, she has like oh. double eyes at one point i think amazing effect yeah absolutely awesome and it's her just like in the like staring in the mirror freaking out while she as you would. Distorts and melts and droops and drips. Mm. But she finds a knife <laughs> in the bathroom. Like a kitchen knife <laughs> on top of a light. Yeah. Is that is that a thing? Do people keep knives in their bathroom? It's such a student film yeah. thing, isn't it? It's like, oh, she needs to have a knife in the yeah. scene. Oh, we'll just put one there. Just put it in the bathroom. That's like my, my last year university film. There's a bit where... Like, someone shoots someone and there's just a gun lying on, like, an ironing board. (laughs) (laughs) But ironically, I'd imagine. No? Um, is it, like... Half and half. It doesn't matter. As long as there's a gun, we can do the scene. I know, this seems like... I don't know. There's a a knife and it's out of reach. Mm. It's kind of on top of, like, a a light that's protruding out of the wall. Yeah, at first I'm like, what's she looking at? What is this? Why is there a knife up there? It's a very baffling kind of thing. Yeah. But she eventually gets it, grabs the knife, and slits her her wrist. Yeah. Blood sprays all over the clock. Tetsuya's at the dinner table, still enjoying his wine. I liked his line here as well, yeah. where he's like, oh, why, why do people worry so much about their appearance? Yeah. <laughs> but then what does he do? He puts down his wine yeah. glass... This was confusing. And he's got a fucking weird deformed hand. He's got a gammy hand. He's got he's like that guy from Scary Movie 3. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's that hand. <laughs> yeah. Apparently this episode, this is only going from what um people said online is about body dysmorphia. Right. Makes uh, sense. Which yeah, you can totally read into. But mm-hmm. it, yeah, it just seems like a, it's a very silly fun yeah. body horror. Because mm-hmm. when when we cut back to Yumi, she's her beautiful self once again yeah and Tetsuya's gammy hand is back to his normal hand and that's the uh, the end of the film fucking done but before we wrap it up I do have a little tidbit about the person who did the special effects for this Mm. this last scene in particular I'm keen to know and I don't have that much but these were done by Katsuhito Urano and this guy's major claim to fame, although not really that major, is uh, he did the special effects for Lady Battle Cop. <gasps> Wait, that's major for me. Is it? Have you seen that film? I've not yet. Oh, I fucking love that is film. Is it? Oh, it's great. It's like a, yeah, a very silly 
version of RoboCop. Nice. Essentially. Oh, that's great, that film. Oh, yeah. Good. Did you not have that on your list for this? No. Oh, I've, got, I've got another Lady Something right, movie. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, so the guy who did the special effects of this went on to do the special effects for that, and that's kind of his uh, biggest film. That's cool. Yes. And uh, and then we get the um, the end credits, unfortunately, once Incomprehensible. again. Too poor of quality to read. Uh, which is a real shame because I feel like they would uh, mm. shed a lot of light onto the, the mystery surrounding this. The only other thing that I have uh, to say about this is the director, although he has done a couple of other things, this is his biggest project. Um, right. He did a couple of, an, another um, omnibus type film, very much uh, in line with uh, The Twilight Zone, that kind of stuff, like spooky sci fi horror type stuff. But he retired completely from directing and now teaches acupuncture. <laughs> was that in the Chirashi? No. <laughs> that was after doing a lot of digging. He now teaches acupuncture. Wow. Yes. That's um that's a that's a big change in it Korea. It is, yeah. Wow. And there you have it, nighty night. Mm. No, I I think you you got a lot of good tidbits for that. I'm impressed. Cause, Thank you. Yeah, the this seems like a film that is outrageously obscure. Mm. So yeah, that that's a that's a lot of good good info. Nice job. Thank you very much. So should we get straight into the wrongometer? Sure. Yeah, this is a you know as always. I think I feel I feel like I say this for every episode. This is a hard one for the yes, wrongometer. Yeah, wrongometer is how wrong the film is how much it shouldn't exist how fucked up it is um, i think for me this is more it was just a, a an interesting movie to talk about yeah. and very much like current now i mean it's it's mm. it's a hot topic right now mm. so yeah, i thought it'd be a good one to talk about it's not gonna get that high no on the orangometer <sighs> you know what I watched this once and I thought this film ain't great. I watched it a second time and I was like, this film is actually pretty awesome. I had the same experience. Yeah. Like first time, I think the pacing issues that you mentioned really got to me. I was like, for fuck's sake, come on, hurry mm. up. But then the second time, I don't, don't, don't know what it was, but I think maybe because I understood it a bit more yeah. after that first watch and I was like looking forward to the, the effects stuff mm. and, you know, when this film is good, it really is mm. good. And in a lot of ways, better than a lot of J-horror anthology stuff mm. I've seen from bigger studios mm. and, you know, way bigger budgets than this. Mm. So it is, especially finding out that it's a, a student film, that's mm. really impressive. And that's kind of added my, in, to yeah. my enjoyment of this. Yeah, if I, if I had made this whilst I was a student... Yeah, oh, I'd be like, fucking everyone, look at this. My movie's fucking great. Yeah, yeah. it's fucking awesome. It's, it's a great. Kids got together and made this movie. Yeah. It's awesome. The the um, worst thing is is really just that that first chunk of it, mm. like that first bit. He, he, the first story is fine, but like that first part where the we get like little Red Riding Hood, and then we're in that room. It's not a good start to the film. Yes, but it's nice that it is all uphill from there, yeah. though. But I, I think the real issues with those opening scenes are more just the way it was shot than anything else. Because yeah. I don't feel like their performances were bad by any no, means. No, no, it, it was the fact it was just a static camera, mm, and you had dull. a bunch of people somewhat facing the camera to deliver their lines but I think they all did a well enough job and another thing that I loved about this is it was very much like a Twilight Zone-esque anthology 
every ending had a twist、mm. and sometimes a double twist. Yeah. And I love those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah、so、I enjoyed that. I, I think for what they were working with, like budgetary restraints, I mean, t- I mean, 10, 10 assistant directors is a bit much, but <laughs> even so, I think they did a fantastic job with what they had. I think also in Japan, from what I've heard, what an assistant director is、mm. is different from what it is in the、oh, West、okay. as well. So I don't know what they actually do here as an assistant、sure. director, but. It might be, maybe it's more like a runner kind of role or something、oh, like that.、Oh, okay. Maybe, I'm not 100% sure,、yeah. but I have heard it's different. So, anyway, this isn't going to reach any high levels in the wrong one. I'm just going to go give it a four.、Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I really enjoyed this a lot. I was really glad to see it.、Uh, the effects, though, I got to say, they do crank up the wrong o m e t e r a bit because, like,、mm. that, there's a very uncanny valley. Feeling to that monster、mm. in su- the survival game story, and the effects at the end are genuinely unsettling.、Mm. So, yeah, I'm gonna go, I think I'll go for a four as well. Yeah, I don't think I can go any higher than that. We've got a double four, guys.、Yeah. Hey, it's an eight, it's an eight. <laughs> <laughs> Add them together, that's a fucking eight. <laughs> I am、um, looking at the reviews of this on Letterboxd and IMDb. And a lot of people seem extremely disappointed about yeah, this film. I, I did notice when I logged it, there w a s a few reviews where I'm like, fucking hell. It's like, do you, what? Like one star?、Yeah. Come on, mate. And everyone's like, this film, you know, I've been wanting to see it for years. I finally、mm. seen it and、I、it's cheated. fucking trash. <laughs> and I mean, this is going back to what we were saying before. I don't know if it's because we know that it's a student film that it has that level of charm and like forgiveness towards it, but. I genuinely enjoyed it、mm. a lot more after I knew the circumstances、yeah. that it was totally, made on. Totally. Yeah. yeah, that adds to my enjoyment too. I,、sure. I, I certainly wouldn't give it a one star or anything. I think it was a fucking great effort.、Mm, definitely. Yeah, and highly enjoyable. It just had pacing issues、mm. and some problems due to budgetary restraints, but、mm. all in all, a highly enjoyable film.、Mm. And easy to find on YouTube as well. YouTube. Give it a go. English subs. So, what we got next time? We are gonna stay in Japan. I feel, I feel like we do that a lot. We often do. I mean, we're in Japan.、So. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But we often do like two in a row, right?、Yeah. We're doing something almost as obscure as、oh. the one that we watched today that is, is quite hard to find. And the reason I know about this film, I'm gonna go into detail、mm-hmm. next week. So,、right. it is a little bit of a. Special episode.、Ooh. But next week, we're going to do the film Cho Akunin.、Hmm. So that's the Japanese title. Right. Cho Akunin. The English title, it's got two titles. So it's known as Villain. There's already a Japanese film called Villain. So that's a bit confusing. It's got another title called Hyper Villain.、Oh. I'm going to use that to refer to it as. It's from 2011. Okay. And it's directed by someone very well known. Koji Shiraishi,、mm. who I'm sure you've seen a few of his films before. So, quite a well known director, not a well known film. Right. And yeah, today we did a pretty low ranking wrong amateur film. I think next, next time it's going to be a pretty high ranking、oh, film. I can't wait. I feel like I need to give a warning for the next one. Oh, really? Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, What kind of warning? It's fucked. It's just, it's, it's pretty,、oh, okay. it's pretty, it's, we, we're gonna get a bit dark. Oh, good stuff. It's probably one of the most fucked up things we've done in, in quite a while. Hey! So, can't wait. 
that's going to be a lot of fun. Good stuff. <laughs> All right. Join us next time for fucked up stuff. And as always, find us on X. X. Oh. Fuck, Fuck that. Twitter. Twitter. Find us on Twitter. SMSW podcast on Twitter. Not X. Mm. And you can also email us mm. at showmesomethingwrong at gmail.com. Please uh, send us some stuff. Send us recommendations if you want. Always oh, like yeah. to see that. And as always, head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify to give us a review. And most importantly, tell tell your mates about this. Tell your mates, tell your mums, tell your sons. Your sons? Do you have any mothers listening? <laughs> Doesn't your mum listen to this? She's the one who leaves all the bloody star ratings. Yeah. Or the one stars. <laughs> <laughs> I love you already getting up to like he's he's going. Oh, he's finished. (laughs) We'll see you next time.